Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 135. They'll think I did it, he said stupidly. Maybe, she said. Put on a coat, hun. You'll freeze. He walked out into the corridor. At the end of the corridor was a guard room. In the guard room were four dead men, three guards, and the man who had called himself Stone. His friend was nowhere to be seen. From the blood-colored skid marks on the floor, two of them had been dragged into the guard room and dropped onto the floor. Shadow's coat was hanging from the coat rack. His wallet was still in the inside pocket, apparently untouched. Laura pulled open a couple of cardboard boxes filled with candy bars. The guards, now he could see them properly, were wearing dark camouflage uniforms, but there were no official tags on them, nothing to say for whom they were working. They might have been weekend duck hunters dressed for the shoot. Laura reached out her cold hand and squeezed Shadow's hand in hers. She had the gold coin he had given her around her neck on a golden chain. That looks nice, he said. Thanks, she smiled prettily. What about the others, he asked. Wednesday and the rest of them, where are they? Laura passed him a handful of candy bars and he filled his pockets with them. There wasn't anybody else here. A lot of empty cells and one with you in it. Oh, and one of the men had gone into the cell down there to jack off with a magazine. He got such a shock. You killed him while he was jerking himself off? She shrugged. I guess, she said uncomfortably. I was worried they were hurting you. Someone has to watch out for you. I told you I would, didn't I? Here, take these. Here, take these. They were chemical hand and foot warmers. Thin pads. You broke the seal and they heated up to a little above body temperature and stayed that way for hours. Shadow pocketed them. Look out for me. Yes, he said, you did. She reached out a finger, stroked him above his left eyebrow. You're hurt, she said. I'm okay, he said. And that's our page. Shadow's first thought as he starts coming to terms with the fact that his wife put the spook show through what could only be described as a blood tornado is concern that he'll be blamed for the deaths of Stonewood and anyone else in the place. Laura again reminds him to get a coat and supplies him up with candy bars and hand warmers as he makes his escape. The page also lets us know Laura is strong enough to kill five men and and based on the page also strong enough to drag at least two grown men in some sort of military-like uniform. So we're really starting to get an idea of what Laura's capable of, both physically and maybe morally even. As she said on the previous page, though, killing men isn't a big deal for her now that she's dead. She said she's not prejudiced anymore, meaning, well, I'm not really sure. The line between life and death is a bit more blurry, and now that she's experienced both, she's able to kill people? I don't I don't know entirely. She mentioned in the motel scene that she wasn't completely certain people stayed in their graves after they were dead, so perhaps the line isn't the line between life and death isn't as distinct in the world of American gods. Also, she killed a guy who was masturbating to a porno mag, so like Metal Gear Solid level? Laura, I guess? Even just from a physical perspective, though, we're not giving you any suggestion that makes me believe she was muscular or anything else before her death. It was mentioned in one of the earlier flashbacks that Shadow was able to pick her up and carry her into the bedroom. And in the motel room, it's also stated that she had to get up on her tiptoes to kiss Shadow. So she's obviously quite small. But... I'm also trying to figure out how coming back from the dead gives her superpowers. The only thing I can really figure out is that since she's back from the dead, as we discussed months and months ago at this point, 
Laura's more of a lich or maybe a revenant, and a boost in strength is definitely a bit more revenant-like than lich-like. In the same manner, though, Laura is fairly similar to Shadow in in that it's really easy to underestimate her. Shadow is a big guy. He's muscular, and he's definitely looked as being more stereotypically kind of like a dumb jock or something. And so he kind of plays against that, especially in the next chapter. He'll play against it really well. He's also well-read and more thoughtful and sensitive than most people would probably consider just looking at him. Laura has placed Sweeney's coin on a gold chain and wearing it around her neck, as she said she would in the Motel America. Much like Shadow, also, Laura seems like someone who is trusted to do what she says she'll do. She also did say she was going to be looking out for Shadow, as the old gods, new gods war heated up, and she's also keeping to that promise as well. Finally, it seems odd to me, but Shadow is the only person imprisoned at this particular site, Laura notes that the other rooms are empty, and Wednesday and anyone else that Shadow's thinking of is no longer here. It does seem like a bit of an oversight not to have everyone in the same place, but we'll have reason to discuss that at some point. I looked into the hand warmers that Shadow has. Often they are a combination of iron, water, activated carbon, cellulose, salt, and vermicillite. Nope and vermiculite, and it begins an exothermic reaction as the iron oxidizes when the items are mixed and exposed to air. Supposedly, they would last between 30 minutes and 2 hours, though some can last much longer. My guess is that as these guys are dressed up like hunters or military or military hunters, they're probably carrying ones that would last significantly longer. And they're definitely good to have if you're out and about in the cold weather, and doubly or perhaps even triply so if you're going to be out in the elements for an unknown amount of time like Shadow is. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real. <laughs>